coming up on this episode of the Unusable Podcast. Static websites. Hicks Law. A wizard in my toolbox. <laughs> Fly, you fools. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Unusable Podcast, where we discuss the importance of user experience in technology and the world around us, and talk about great design that just works, or moan about it when it doesn't. Hello, David. Hello, Andrew. It feels like a very long time since we were last uh, last recording, doesn't it? Yeah, but this is a good thing about podcasts. If someone listened to the last one just now, they could listen to the, this one straight away, and then it's it's yeah, uh, it's no different. It's mere seconds. In the ears of our listeners, it may have just been moments ago that they last heard us. But for us, it's a little while since we last did this, isn't it? So um, we're back. It's exciting. I've no idea what you just said. I just I just saw uh, lips moving. <laughs> Is this an interconnection issue? Or? Maybe, yeah. You cut, you cut out quite a lot then. I'm just going to go... Yeah, you're right. That's what that's that's what I was <laughs> To be fair, you could use that little clip just like just throughout, just just drop it in anywhere. <laughs> just pretend that I'm listening and I'm interested. Yeah. So, what have you been up to since uh, since we last podcasted, David? Anything exciting? Oh my god! Right. Okay. So, well, I've been making websites. Uh, quite a lot of websites. Quite a lot of websites. Yeah. Well, that's, okay. That's good. I, I rebuilt my personal website. Oh yeah. Okay. How did that go? Um, quite well. I decided to use one of these new wave static site generators. So it gets hosted as just pure HTML, CSS, and there's no WordPress to get hacked into. There's no, um, backend that needs managing. It's just fast, simple. Cause it's just, brilliant. it's just pages, isn't it? It's just static HTML yeah. pages. Yeah. Okay. I've had only a bit of experience with things like this because the, um, the word is Jamstack, isn't it? Would it, is that, is it part of the Jamstack? Part of the Jamstack, I don't really know what that means. But that's kind of the word that people use when they're talking about static site generators. Um, well, in my case, there's there's just M. There's no J and A. Oh, so there's no JavaScript. What's the A? Javas- APIs. JavaScript, APIs. What's the... Markup. Markup. Okay, so yours... So I'm just... Mine's just markup. There's no there's no dynamic data or anything like that. So it's just a, an, an M. So it's just M. a bog standard, non-database-driven website. Yes. Like from back in the olden days. Well, all it, all it is is a, my ramblings on a blog and a picture of me and a, and a welcome message. I'm not sure what else I need other than... <laughs> That's a good point, actually. I mean, so many people are spinning up a whole massive, um, I don't know, WordPress install or whatever with, with all its complexities and or ability- like a, a React front end and stuff like oh, that. All that kind of yeah, it's just it's just simple. Um, nothing nothing's wrong with that kind of interactivity if it's needed. Yeah, yeah. But in my case, just yeah, need- there's nothing dynamic. Yeah. If it's not got a search on there, or if it's not got um- no no login, no search, no cart, nothing, no not even a contact form because so I just- it doesn't need a live access to a database then. Yeah. So yeah, God. so I, I I used a template to to build the site, and it's a really really simple plain template. Almost looks like borderline unstyled HTML. But the, be- <laughs> the the beauty of that is that it's just it's accessible, it's fast, yeah, it's clear, it's clean. There's not much in the way of branding on there, but but I, I didn't feel it needed it. It's just it's just content. It's just well presented, neat content. Um, I actually managed to get it to score flat one hundreds in every category on the Lighthouse. Google Lighthouse report. Well, on the speed test and things like that. Speed, accessibility, SEO, every category on Lighthouse, 100. 10 out of 10 for everything? Absolute full marks and everything. How? Because it's... Because... There's not, there's not much to it. It's a static site with a very plain template. Just yeah, that's quite, that's that's impressive. I work on quite a, quite a lot of websites for clients 
a lot of them are quite big websites, quite a lot of a lot going on, a lot of content detail, a lot of images, animations. The client always wants a database uh, with like CMS access, things like that. And sometimes I just think, why don't they just keep it simple? What's wrong with just a bit of bit of HTML? Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, there's problems with that because that's not scalable in in the same way and stuff. But if it's just HTML and CSS, static files, things like that, it can be served so quickly from a from a server yeah. without having like rendering time, looking up the database time, all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's just simple fast don't really need anything else but like i said i don't begrudge anyone that does have a full you know stack of, of things there because they need a you know everyone in the business to be able to edit it or you know they need a shopping cart because they're an e-commerce site of course it's not going to work for them but for me for, yeah, bet you- for me it, just keeping it simple was yeah i think i think a lot of people just overcomplicate things and immediately reach for something like wordpress or or similar um to do it to, Square to, space, to do all those yeah but it, it, a lot of it's just unnecessary um but I suppose you're able to do this because you're quite technical. Yeah. If it was, it's not something that that the general user could uh, just start playing about with. I suppose it's quite technical, isn't it? Um, it's not super, super, super technical. If you have a moderate level of technical skill, there are some really good guides out there about how to get started with with things like Netlify, which is the platform it's hosted on, and with Eleventy, that uh, the framework the site's built in is called Eleventy. Okay. And, and the content's all just written in Markdown. So all I did was a few basic steps from a tutorial downloaded a theme wrote my content in markdown which you know semi-technical i agree but you don't have to be a genius to work out you know markdown markdown is just like a way of writing and structuring stuff isn't it it's like rich text but yeah it's kind of like html but but like that kind of wiki language that you get where you type in a a, like a doing a wikipedia article and you know square brackets around things have a certain meaning yeah i was using netlify on a a, a personal project and it's just so easy you just like you commit to github and it just it makes it live straight yeah. away. You don't have to mess about with FTP or any like complicated deployments and stuff like that. The nice thing as well in in terms of setup is with Netlify, all I did was connected my GitHub account to Netlify. Netlify went, which of these is the project that you want? And I chose my the, the one that I'd put my personal site in. Yeah. It then went basically I've I've detected this is an eleventy project. Do you want me to just set it up with all the default settings? And I said yes. And then about thirty seconds later it was live. I then pointed my domain at Net, Netlify and then about thirty seconds after that I had an SSL certificate and that was basically all the setup required to have a live working website with SSL yeah and it's free as well unless you need to start using their advanced features it's free and that's just amazing isn't it really yeah and 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 if I write myself a new article for my blog now it's just write it in markdown commit to github and it's live seconds later on my lightning fast yeah yeah site um yeah you don't have to mess about with like a complicated deployment system and, and managing your own server and stuff like that yes. and all the all the complications that that comes with that but it's it's still is... it's still not going to be something that you give to your to your mum or something though like no. you, 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 <laughs> no, you would need a reasonable degree of technical expertise to get in there but you wouldn't you know you don't have to be a flat out genius programmer to get it either it's there's there's you know there's a level that uh i think most semi-techy people would get it the other thing that's worth mentioning though and i haven't looked into this personally but i know there are some cms's that you can use and they're called headless cms's oh okay What's, so what does that mean though i've heard of it but i don't really know so a cms well just to mentioned for people that don't know cms in the traditional sense is a platform where you can go and log in and edit your website basically isn't it so if you've got a website the cms is where you can log in edit it drag usually drag and drop things or whatever or 
write in new content or whatever it is, add blocks of content, whatever yeah. it is. So a headless CMS is basically just the editing part of a CMS. So you can go in and write your content out, organize your content, but then there's no there's no way for it to be consumed until you connect it up to something yourself. So what you can do is if you use what you just mentioned, the Jamstack, is that you can write a, a static site that pulls out the content out of the out of the uh, headless CMS. So recently I learned about something um, which I thought I would share with you, uh, which is Hicks Law. Okay. Have you ever heard of Hicks Law? Not to be confused with Coles Law. I, I was not definitely not going to confuse it with Coles Law. But when you say law, is it like an actual law or is it um, is it like a law of gravity or is it more like... Don't kill people. Don't kill people law. <laughs> It's more more like the law of gravity. So it's like a universal truth. Yes, yes. Something that exists and just Mr. Hicks invented it. Yes. Well, not invented it, discovered it. Uh, William William Edmund Hick. Okay, yeah. And Ray Hyman. Ray Hyman. Oh, yeah, okay. Right, so I'm kind of feigning ignorance here. I do know what this is. So this is the okay. the Hicks Law or the Hick-Hyman Law. For some reason, Mr. Hyman's name is the left out, as if there's something um, something a little bit weird about the word Hyman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even pick up on that. I, I literally was just thinking, like, maybe, like, he got the short end of the straw. Like, why does his name get dropped? Like, he was he not as important or... Maybe he didn't, he didn't do as much But maybe, maybe it's just yeah. that he has the same name as a... As a, as a, let's not yeah. go there. Let's not go there. Okay. So tell me about the about the law. It is that the time and effort it takes to make a decision increases with the number of available options. Okay. So in in simple terms, the more choices you give someone, the longer it takes for them to to choose one of those things. And that that sounds pretty straightforward and obvious, really. Yes, it does. Um, although it does go slightly further and say that the decision time. When you increase the number of choices, the decision time increases logarithmically. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, so the more options there are, it really, really does take a long time then. Yes. Yes. Okay. So if you're in a restaurant yeah. and you're looking at the menu, if there's loads and loads of options on that menu... Hold on, hold on. Which which, which, which restaurant am I in? I need to visualise this. Uh, Where are we? Um... A restaurant, a restaurant that clearly does a lot of things. If there's a thousand things on the menu, you're going to be looking through each one and going, "Oh my god, I can't decide." And the waiter's going to come back after a while and he's like, "Have you decided yet?" And you're like, "No, no, no, come back later." Yeah, it's that choice paralysis, isn't it, from having so many options? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's choice paralysis. So, um, yeah, so I heard there was a an experiment done in a supermarket where they were selling something simple like I don't know, tins of beans, for example, and all these different brands. Of, uh, of beans, but they simplified it to just one brand of beans and end up selling more. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That, I think that's one of the secrets of success to the, um, the the popular German supermarkets in the UK, Aldi and Lidl. Uh, okay. Because rather than a traditional supermarket that would say stock 20 different varieties of beans, they have just one type, which has other benefits as well. Like they, they don't need to have as much space for stock. They can buy in bulk because they're only buying one thing. And so they can get access, you know, cheaper bulk pricing. But also for the, for the customer, it just reduces that choice. I know personally from going into those places, if I've got a shopping list, it, it takes me a lot less time to go in, get the things I need and get out because my list is just, you know, beans, 
<laughs> butter, bread, whatever it is. I've not really got, a, I've not really got a huge amount to, yeah, that's the ingredients for beans on toast, by the way. Um, <laughs> the, but I've not Gourmet got, I've not got, around at the weight household. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I've not, I've not got chance to, to have to make these complicated decisions. Whereas if you go to a traditional supermarket like Tesco or Asda or Morrison's, you, you, you know, you go and look at the beans and you're like, Oh no, do I want beans or low salt beans? Or do I want a big tin of beans or a small tin of beans or the little plastic pots of beans that can go in the microwave? Or do I want beans and sausages? Or do I want, you know, beans with a splash of Branston pickle in them? Or like, there's all these different weird varieties that you can get. And. And, and it's yeah, that yeah yeah you just want to keep it simple yeah you just like I just which one's just beans I'll, I'll sometimes go to a supermarket and I'll just like be standing in front of uh, in front of the product for ages just just going I don't know which one I want <laughs> yeah just like trying to figure out the, the price as well because this is the thing lots of different things uh, there's always different prices and you're trying to work out which one's the most cost effective and I I and, have yeah. this a lot um I am really really terrible for doing research into things before before i buy and if oh if you give me if you give me a choice if you give me a choice (laughs) there's there's lots of things that i end up more to research taking days and days literally to purchase because i can't make a decision i just can't (laughs) like how long are you stood stood in the uh beans aisle days and days just trying to figure it out (laughs) <laughs> <That's> amazing <laughs> they're trying to close the shop and you're there still i haven't figured i haven't got my beans on toast yet it's why i do all my shopping at 24 hour supermarkets <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just what i do but andrew why are we talking about beans that's a good point i don't know um i suppose we should relate relate this back to you know ux ui in you know in in the interfaces that that we design and okay so- and the fundamental thing is that if you give people fewer options then it'll take them less time to do something and they're more likely to do something as well. Um, So, you know, if we're talking about things like a sign-up form where our aim is to maximise the conversion of that and to make it as easy as possible for the user, then, of course, we need to think about Hicks Law and make that as simple as possible for them. Okay. So I'm thinking immediately... uh about a website so maybe it's something like high pressure like maybe it's a government website maybe it's a it's a form uh for your i don't know taxes or something like that and if you've got one page with loads and loads of fields that's quite a lot of it's quite a lot of stress quite a lot of pressure it creates quite a lot of anxiety that there's all these fields to uh to 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 fill out especially for somebody who doesn't use websites all that often yeah so I've seen some websites, what they do is they, they will um, only present you a certain amount of fields per page and then you go on to the next page. And then again, there's only there's a smaller amount. So you're not being bombarded with loads and loads and loads of options all on, on one screen. It's sort of spreading it out so that you're... Uh... This, but, but that's that's not new. What, what you've done there is you've reinvented the wizard. That's been around since the early days of Windows. The wizard. <laughs> well, that's essentially what a wizard is, isn't it? You remember yeah. in, in uh, the early days of of Windows, where you'd have a a wizard dialogue, which would which would sort of guide you through a process step by step. It's essentially the same thing. It's reducing the number of options and choices in each step, just to yeah to make it really simple and straightforward. And Should all websites be like that then? Wizard. I think it's appropriate sometimes. Uh, it's certainly something that's in my toolbox that i reach for um when when i need to guide the user through some quite quite a complicated process you've got a wizard in your toolbox i've got a wizard in my (laughs) (laughs) gandalf just popping his head out (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah he lives he lives there yeah but um 
yeah, it's something I use semi-frequently. So when I need to do, so I'm trying to think of a good example. So we, so in our website testing platform, okay, you can upload a batch of websites to test in one go. And there are multiple things that we need to know there. So we need, you obviously have to upload the spreadsheet itself, but you, we also need to know which column in your spreadsheet is the web address in and which column, you know, there's a few different questions we need to ask. Okay. Um, and there's a final bit where as well, we need to essentially confirm that the user wants to go ahead because this is potentially going to rack up some quite large charges if the spreadsheet's got thousands of rows in it. So to make that super simple, we broke that up into a wizard. So the first step is upload your spreadsheet. The second step is which column in this spreadsheet is your website uh, web address in and and that's um to make that super simple we give them a preview as well so you know we show them a few rows of data and say you know is it column a b c d um and then we ask them a few other questions about you know do you want to get notified uh, on the next step and then the final step is are you sure you want to go ahead this is what you've told us and and confirm but it, by breaking it up like that it just guides the user through it's a nice multi-step process there's nothing that to to, to bombard them with or confuse them with it's it's quite quite simple and straightforward. yeah i suppose it would reduce anxiety wouldn't it if you uh, if you're really sort of chunking it up into little into little parts yeah the the other so thing it's that... like you're being handheld by a lovely wizard by a lovely wizard yes who's leading you away to somewhere Sounds a bit creepy nice <laughs> <laughs> it's your software the, the the other thing that we do just to reduce to 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 improve that as well is that we have a display on screen as we're doing this which tells them at what part of the process they are currently at so Oh, like part two of five, something like that. Yeah. So, 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 so they know that, that, you know, that what they've got left to accomplish. So there's no surprise. It's not like, oh, another step. Oh, another step. It's, it's quite clear at the top that there are five steps to this and they're currently on step two and then on step three and so on. I think that's really important, actually. And something that a lot of people forget about when they're building like applications like that. But yeah, you want to know how far you are through it. Yeah. You want something like a progress bar or, or something like that because yeah. it, it's just so useful. Yeah, definitely. One thing that I find interesting is that that this rule doesn't necessarily always apply. And there are some some cases where it's okay to give people a big list of options. Are you sure? Why? Also, hang on a sec, you called that a rule there. This is a law. (laughs) This is a this is a universal truth like the law of gravity. This is the law. This is the law. Does this mean we have to abide by it? Or no, I suppose it is just No, it's not that sort of law. Not that sort of law. It's just something that that is and we cannot change. Too many options will make people take a long time. We can't change that. Although you're going to tell me something that contradicts it. What's what's all this about? So this only applies where all the options are essentially unknown and right. the user okay. has to look through all of them to make a decision, okay? So if for example you had a list of known things. So Right. Good a good example of this is say um a country list. So pick pick your country, okay? So if you as long as you order those alphabetically, yeah. the user already knows that they want say for example Germany and in order to find that they don't have to look at every option, okay? They can simply look at the list quickly and go, you know, if it's alphabetical, right, it G for Germany, blah 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 and they can home in on it really fast. Unless they're German, they're probably looking for D for Deutschland. <laughs> that's true that's true if you're looking for the united kingdom i find this really frustrating because um obviously it would be under you for united kingdom sometimes weirdly it's at the top i don't know obviously it depends on the website or the app or whatever that you're using but uh, oh i think it's just 
that, that's just to make it easier for yeah yeah when businesses predominantly operate say in the united kingdom they'll put it at the top if 99 percent of your users are going to be from the united kingdom i suppose it does make sense to put it at the top so that it's easy to choose from but still it makes sense still i'm going to look as long as you notice it there it makes sense as long as you notice it there but if you go straight down the list and you're looking at you and you're going where's the united kingdom gone and then you go okay well it's usually after united Arab Emirates. Yeah. but but the other thing the other thing that's confusing is that our our does, does, our country has multiple names really doesn't it because sometimes oh my god great britain yeah, under g so we look there so we've first we've gone to u to look for united kingdom then we've gone to g for look for great britain it's not there then we've gone to e for england maybe have they done that they have they separated yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. And, and then it's not yeah. there and then we're really confused and then we realize what they've done is they've tried to make it easy and put it at the top separately uh and <laughs> and it was none of them in yeah in the first place um but yeah in it that's where this kind of logarithmic rule doesn't apply because the 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 user has got you know like mental shortcuts that they can use to divide up the data then it's not going to take them yeah if you know what you're looking for yeah. then yes yeah. then a long long list makes probably more sense yes because otherwise chunking up a whole list of countries what do you do you go is it the countries listed from a to b no is it the countries listed from c to d oh, that no. would be so annoying that that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> big long alphabetical list in some t- sometimes. Yes, it's fine. One thing I was going to mention I, that I found quite interesting is that that Hicks law wasn't defined with just UI UX in mind. It was designed. Uh, it was it was thought up by psychologists, and it's generally applicable in many many solution in many situations. Yeah, and one that I found interesting. So I was watching a video earlier about Hicks law. Okay, and it was an american police trainer okay so someone that trains the american police in combat okay in self-defense in co- it's, oh, right, it's okay. not combat that's the that's a bit of god that's a especially given the yeah current right, political right, situation, okay. possibly, possibly the wrong thing <laughs> oh to say god i didn't realize this podcast was going to go into police brutality but um... yeah no well let's not go there let's not take go down that route Okay, um, fine. But um, but no, so it's, it's someone who trains the police in the US in, in self-defense. And what he was saying is that a lot of the time when you learn, say, martial arts, you'll learn this plethora of different moves that you can make. You know, if someone comes at you with a, a right hook, then this is how you defend it with this special defense mechanism or but if they but if they're if they're coming at you with a left hook you need to use this and if they're going to headbutt you you need to do this okay and what he was so you've got all these different options that you need to apply to the situation yeah and what he was saying is that trying to use that is the delay in you processing what's going on and trying to think about which method you're going to use to defend by that time it's too late you've already been hit you, you're down. You're on the floor. The 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 baddie's stolen your gun. Whatever it is that he's trying to do, it's it's gone. You don't want choice paralysis when you're being attacked, do you? Exactly. And and so what he was saying is essentially, you know, all you really need is one simple kind of like self defense, sort of almost like a flinch move. Yeah. And that's just the best thing to do because because just being fast about it and just doing a sort of flinch blocking move, it's better to be fast and general in that situation that it is to you don't want to be thinking about it you just want to go for your go for your one option you know you want it to be a the the external stimulus of the of the baddie coming at you you want to just react to that as fast as possible and do defend yourself don't you so he was saying yeah just um almost the best advice is not to overthink it and just 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 use an instinctive reaction keep it simple well i thought we'd be talking about website menus but you've given us a a lesson in self-defense i never thought that would 
happen? Well, maybe we should change this to the uh, to the martial arts podcast. Have you, uh, you ever been in a fight? <laughs> Only ones where you kind of like go like that, which which isn't going to come across on the podcast. <laughs> I would be useless in a fight. <laughs> You'd be thinking about terrible. Hicks Law. Uh, I'm just, I'm just non-violent as a person, really. That's good. That's good. Uh, Unless you've been attacked, obviously, and then then you're just going to be... I'd still probably more likely run away than I would do anything else. <laughs> I mean, that's always an option. Yeah. It's always one of your uh, your limited number of uh, Hicks Law options, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is this going to be useful for, for us as like web developers, app developers, uh, things like that? Is it something to always bear in mind? Well, I don't know about you, but I, I feel like I I kind of do this instinctively anyway. It feels wrong bombarding the user with with too many options. It's quite I, I personally find it quite instinctive yeah, yeah. that you know reducing the user's ch- choice and designing things to be as simple as possible is going to give give the best outcome. But it is something to bear in mind. It is something to bear in mind, and especially if you're trying to convince another stakeholder in a project, you know why why shouldn't we have five options here why don't you know why do we need to reduce it to three or you know maybe you're talking about pricing options for your for your product and maybe you've started out with with say 10 options and you're trying to convince someone that actually three price levels is is going to be better and have more conversions we rather than saying that's what you think you can actually you know sound all clever and say well hicks law states that you give people more options it's going to take them longer time to to whip out the law yeah then you could whip out the wizard from your toolkit (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And then you'll solve all your problems. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this all stems from the fact that most of the things we do is you, I mean, not always, you know, we we know about things like dark patterns and things like that. But in the main, we're trying to make things as easy as possible for people to do, you know, usually increasing conversions, aren't we? You know, know, we want to make people sign up for our newsletter or we want to make people buy something from our shop or sign up for our platform, whatever it is. We want want to make that easy, increase conversion, increase customer satisfaction. And it, and it is one of those things that is really important in that. And, and you know, maybe maybe like me, you've always been doing this anyway, but never realised it had an actual name. And, you know, now, now you do. Hicks Law. There we go. Andrew, can I tell you about our latest Twitter followers? Please, please, please do that right now. All right. Just have to say yes, that's all. <laughs> Okay, we start with Mrs. Misophenia. Actually, she uh, she sent us a message saying that she's listening right now and loving the content and looking forward to my hello said in the style of the little caterpillar from Labyrinth because that that's that's how you said you said hello to everyone last last time and you were like oh. hello. Do you remember Labyrinth? Have you ever seen the film Labyrinth? I, I, do you know what? I've never seen it. David Bowie in a but I I know the music from it. Clothes. I know the I'm quite familiar with the you know the the David Bowie. You remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power song. I know that. That is Labyrinth, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm very familiar. Yeah, I know, with that. I know that, but is I've that never. It? <laughs> I've never seen. I've never seen the the film. I could give you a, quite a good rendition of that song. I'm not I'm going right. to. I'm right. Thanks. But anyway, Twitter followers. But, can you say hello to? You don't have to say hello to them, but you, I think you always do, don't you? Yeah. So we've got Claire Kennedy. Hello. Stephanie Post. Hello. Rosalie Roberts. Hello. Sherry Grimes. Hello. Bogdan Suravak. Hello. Hello, Yulia. Hello. Well, I, I don't think hello is her first name, but uh, on Twitter she's called Hello Yulia. So hello, hello Yulia. Hello. 
Genevieve de Villiers. Hello. That's a cool name, isn't it? I was just thinking that as well. It's yeah. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Genevieve de Villiers. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I don't know how if, if this is how you pronounce any of these names. I'm just that's that's saying like a, how that's like a really cool James Bond baddie name, isn't it? Like Ooh, you, yes, maybe. You can imagine watching a Bond film and like, yeah. Let's yeah. move on before we uh, we call everyone baddies. <laughs> uh, Claudia Naturi. Hello. Mark Kamensek. Hello. Ula Karpinska. Hello. Jennifer Blunt. Hello. Boo Benjamin. Hello. Nisha. Hello. David Simpson. Hello. And Stephanie B. Hello. Boo Benjamin, by the way, has only got... Uh, Boo. Boo. He's only got two letters in his first name, which uh, some input fields might uh, might have a problem with. But that, that makes his name Bo. No, Boo. B, Normally uh, that... uh, B-U. Oh, okay. Okay. It's I just that I've were... seen okay. some uh, some forms uh, say that your first name has to be at least three letters, which is obviously nonsense because there's a lot of people that only have two letters in their first name. I'm, I'm pretty sure, I hate to admit it, but early in my career, I've probably been guilty of a few of those. Ooh. Uh, that's just ignorance, Andrew. I, it, well, I know. I was young at the time and I've since learnt to do better. And I think that's all that you can... Good. All that you can do in life. Good. So, if you're listening to this uh, this podcast and uh, and you're just about to make a form, then don't yeah. don't forget that some people have only two letters in their first name. Yeah. There's that there's that rule, isn't there? Which I quite like. Which is be liberal in what you accept, be conservative in what you send. Oh, I've not, I've not heard so that. What, that. what that means is, if if you're building a system, then you know if someone wants to put in a date, you know, allow them to put it in in a in an, in an American format or a UK format or you know with the name of the the. Date day or the you know essentially allow them to put anything in and try and be smart and work out what they meant but the flip side of that is be conservative in what you send so what that means is you know don't when you give it back to them when you present it on screen be consistent you know if you're picking a format always have that that format okay so so yeah it's quite a nice little little in other words a maxim isn't it it's quite a nice little maxim which is yeah be liberal in what you accept be conservative in what you send okay and i think that's quite nice quite a nice way to uh to operate if you say so that's fine <laughs> i wasn't really listening <laughs> oh if you're not what hope of our list of our audience got can i tell you about a bad usability nightmare ready three two one bad, bad usability, usability nightmares. nightmares oh my god you were a lot louder than I was. Actually, the, my 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 nightmare is more of a rigmarole. A, a, a what? I drank too much beer. It is a rigmarole. A rigmarole? A r- <laughs> you say it much better than I do. A rigmarole. A rigmarole. Okay, so um, my rigmarole is that I was logging into my student loan website. I thought... I have a student loan. Well, you were, you were a student a long time ago. I'm still paying this bloody loan off. Okay, <laughs> so, right, I was trying to log in to find out how much... Uh, I, I still have. And so here is the rigmarole. It asks first for my unique reference number. Right. Okay. I mean, am I going to remember my unique reference number? No. I probably had it written down somewhere, so I had to go find the letter. And then it asks me a secret question. Do I know the answer to the secret question? I'm not sure. Because the question it asks is, where did you and your spouse meet? And I'm thinking, what? I never, I never answered this question. I definitely didn't have a spouse when I first got a, a student loan. So what would the answer to that question even be? Okay, that's, that is a bit weird. So there's something weird going on there. And I think, to be honest, it's got it wrong. So anyway, I, I thought maybe, maybe I've just forgotten. So I did input the correct, the information of where, where I met my spouse. 
and and then it errors again. And so I go back to the start, right? Are you following this, uh, am, this, yeah. this whole reading yeah. role? Okay. And then it asks a different secret question, which is, what's the last name of your first teacher? Okay, right. Now I'm thinking this is going back a bit. And also, I don't remember answering. I don't remember giving it this information. Okay. I definitely don't remember giving that information. So, okay. So I entered the name of the teacher, the first teacher that I can remember, and uh, and it fails. So then I have to go back to the start. And so what I think maybe has happened is that the password I put in was wrong. It was, so it was just asking me some random question. And what the reason why the password was wrong, it was being pre-filled by the browser. You know how like Chrome or Firefox or whatever will pre-fill a saved password? Yes, I, I have a strong dislike for that. But for that, that's a separate... Well, no, I like it okay. because the chance that I'm going to remember that password is is pretty slim. So I'm glad that, you know, at least the browser remembers it. And... Oh, no, I, I, I like the idea of the feature. The thing that I don't like is I feel like there are some unknown and unpredictable rules about whether it remembers or not. Yeah. And it sometimes seems to remember the wrong password for the wrong site. And I'm not sure why it's doing that. And well, this is the... I've, I've never looked into what it's doing. I probably should look into what it's doing. But, well, having said that, I, why should I? Like, it should just work. Why do, why do I need to care? If, it, if something weird happens and I don't like it and it's unpredictable, and if it was predictable, I would like it a lot more. Yeah, so what was happening here is it was being pre-filled, but there was no option to show the password. And I think that that should be so you don't know you don't know what it's remembered. So I don't know what it's remembered. And that's... That could be a, that could be a, quite a big security flaw, though. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose you... It shouldn't always show you. Well, I don't know. Otherwise, it's it's remembering a password, but I don't even know what it's remembered. So I don't know if it's inputting the correct one. Um. So what I'm thinking is maybe the website that I'm logging into needs like it needs an extra punctuation or something like that. You know how sometimes um the the password requirements are quite stringent and it has to have an uppercase letter or a yes a, a symbol or a punctuation or something like that. Yes. Um. So anyway, I am, I did this too many times and it has to email me a new temporary password, right? So I get the email. So I double click on the, um, so I get the email with a temporary password in it. Okay. I double click on the, uh, on the password to select it. But weirdly, the way they've written it, there's no space between the password and the bit before it that says, this is your password. So I'm selecting a whole sentence now that says, this is your password and then the password. Okay. Right. Okay. And the reason why that's important is because I'm using um I'm using a trackpad, and it's and sometimes I don't know if you find this a bit difficult, but sometimes selecting things on a trackpad is a bit difficult. On a mouse, no problem, but on a trackpad, it's a little bit difficult. That's why I did the double click thing. Yeah. And I thought if I'm having this problem, you know, a, a able-bodied person, somebody who has motor controls, you know, somebody who has um, accessibility problems, would really find this uh, find this difficult. And I remember that for a while I was doing this training with kids it was like a it was a code it was called the code club and it was quite interesting to see quite young kids using a keyboard and mouse and some of them they'd spent their whole life using things like touchpads and phones and things like that they didn't actually know how to use a um, a keyboard and mouse wow and so it just reminded me how much of a struggle sometimes um it is to use a mouse where we've we've all like grown up with it and we're used to it anyway so it was a little bit difficult selecting the word so i log in and it asks me to set a new password right guess what happens next the password that i wanted was too short oh no the password that i wanted was too long too long remember we did a, a podcast a while ago saying that just a really really long word that is more memorable is more secure than yeah a short word with punctuation in it yeah 
Okay, so it's too long. Ridiculous. This is probably why it didn't work in the first place because the password was uh, was was wrong. It probably wanted some really really weird. Uh, it probably had some really really weird set of requirements. So then it asks me for a new memorable question, and the one that I initially chose was, "What street did you first live on when you grew up?" And that's that's the. And I wanted to provide the answer, but the answer couldn't include a space. You what? Most street names have a space in. Exactly. Most street names have a space in. Wow. Okay, um, that's terrible. So we inputted this anyway, and then it goes, um, an unexpected error has occurred. Please close your browser. So you didn't even get to do what you wanted to do? No, no, but it said, please close your browser, which is just a bizarre thing to say anyway. I'm not going to close... No, I've got some of the tabs open. I don't want to close my browser. I don't want a website telling... You're not telling me what to do. Telling me what to do? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't come over there, tell you what to do with your own computer. <laughs> tell me what I should close and what I should restart. <sighs> that, sound, that sounds awful. It's like a programme uh, finishing on Netflix and Netflix saying, now turn off your TV. No, yeah. I'll do what I want. You're not telling me what to do. <laughs> what do is there a name for that? Is there a name for that? The the fact that people don't like being told what to do? Uh, re- I wonder. A rebellious nature, I think. Yeah, but I wonder if it's got a name, you know, like, like Hicks Law. I wonder if it's got a, a scientific oh, name. I don't know. David, I have a bad usability nightmare. Okay, tell me. Tell me all about it. It's the BritBox app. The BritBox? What's what's this? So Brit, BritBox is a service a bit like Netflix. It's like a streaming service in the UK. Okay. And it has, uh, it's owned by the BBC and ITV, so it has all sort of British traditional shows on. Okay. And it's quite a simple nightmare, but it's it, it's a nightmare nonetheless. <laughs> So let me let me let me paint you a picture. Let me uh Please do. Paint, paint me a word picture. Let me uh let let me paint this paint this picture with my colourful words. Just get on with it, whatever you do. So imagine if you will that uh my wife and I re- retire in an evening to 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 watch a television episode uh in 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 bed. We've got a TV next to our bed. This is this is our routine. We'll tend it's to not, watch. It's not going to get saucy, is it? This this story. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to wait and see <laughs> get on with it then and we we, we we pick something on the the brit box app now this is usually like a, a box set so we'll watch an episode per night okay so yeah just recently we watched broad church which is like a crime thriller drama yeah thing. yeah now we'll watch one episode and then the next night we'll watch the next episode and if we, uh, that's usually how it works yeah yeah now the nice thing about most streaming apps like uh Netflix and the BBC iPlayer and all the other ones that I've ever used is that they will accurately remember where you had got up to. Oh. Okay. Does this one not? Well, it remembers that you've watched some of it, but it it always seems to take you back to the start of the previous episode. What? Okay. So what you have to do is you have to look. So when you open the app, it'll say you were watching this last. You want to continue and you press press on that. Okay. It will start playing an episode that you've already seen. What? Okay. This is the other annoying thing is that, you know, on Netflix where you can go and look at like a list of episodes so you can then easily select like, oh, I want the next one. Yeah. Yeah. There's no control to do that. So your options are either to go back, search for the program again choose the episode or you can skip the episode to the end which will trigger the credits to roll up and for it to then continue on to the next episode oh that's like so so what i'm saying is it doesn't remember where you got up to correctly it always puts you at the start of the previous episode and there's no way from an episode to say oh i want to see other episodes in this series and change it 
It's quite badly designed. That's ridiculous. That's like reading a book without a bookmark. You just have to figure it well, out bo- every time. The bookmarks, the bookmarks, always like two pages behind, and you have to kind of work out before you start reading. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the problem. That's reminded me of the um, the UK TV Play app. And UK TV Play is um, very similar. It's got UK TV programs on. It's an app. Now, my TV is not a smart TV, so I have to use the uh, the app on my phone, and then I, I connect to the TV using um, Chromecast. And then that's that's how I cast it, which yeah. most of the time works perfectly fine. It's just that the program that I want to watch is only available by this app. But if we stop it halfway through and I go to play it again, it will either start from the start of that episode or go to the previous episode or worse, go to the next episode, meaning that you've, you've skipped half of oh. the, the episode that you were that you were watching. And that's unbelievably rubbish you know like there could be like huge spoilers i think in some ways we are quite spoiled by just how slick netflix is and so it's it's really noticeable i think so netflix is the absolute pinnacle isn't it yeah and 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 it's incredible really in a way that what netflix have done because it would be tough enough to make an app as slick as theirs but they don't really just have one app, do they? It works whether it's a smart TV, an app on your um, Android device, iPhone. You know, you always get that same great experience that just yeah. works and is the, really predictable. The web app as well. And also not to mention yeah. all the different types of smart TV that they have to make separate apps for. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 yeah I think yeah. I think it's actually incredible in a way, the amount of devices in my house that are able to play to play Netflix, actually. We've got, you know, two yeah, different yeah. TVs. We've got a digital tuner box. We've got a tablet, an Android, ta- uh, uh, an Amazon tablet. Android phones, Xbox, all of them can do Netflix. All right, fancy pants, listing, list, oh God, listing like all your technology. Great. I'm Isn't it great to, to be you? No, God. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. I think what oh. you mean is how flexible the Netflix app is. Not yes, exactly. But necessarily, but no, yeah. you've got a million devices in your house. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what I mean. Anyway, that is the end of this podcast. If you've seen or used something unusable recently, we want to hear about it. Uh, you can email us at podcast at com, and we're on Twitter at unusablepodcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, there's plenty more. The last episode we talked about how UX affects SEO. And on YouTube, we've got a video of us talking about some some weird shower technology that Andrew find where if you press a button, it makes it go all transparent and you can reveal your bits to uh, children. I, I, <laughs> I, I definitely children. didn't do that. I definitely <laughs> didn't do that. Okay. <laughs> but what I mean is there was some, you press a button and it goes from being opaque to transparent. Don't know why you'd want it, but there's a video about that. And it's nothing to do with exposing yourself to kids. Right. I'm glad you've said that. I regret what I said. <laughs> uh, we've also got a shop where we uh, where you can buy some unusable merchandise uh, if that's your thing there's some t-shirts and um, a bum bag if you if that's your uh, if that's your deal you like to wear a bum bag <laughs> known in America as a fanny pack yeah anyway you can if you want to uh, uh, music is by gold 5472. Uh, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts if you're not if you're just listening to this as a one-off subscribe in your podcast app so you'll get a notification about the next one and uh, that's it until until next time bye Bye, everybody bye